Hello, Cathedral family and friends. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm so glad that you have locked in with us for this worship service. I want to read to you today from Psalm 146. It goes like this. Hallelujah. Oh, my soul, praise God. All my life long, I'll praise God, singing songs to my God as long as I live. Don't put your life in the hands of experts who know nothing of life, of salvation life. Mere humans don't have what it takes. When they die, their projects die with them. Instead, get help from the God of Jacob. Put your hope in God and no real blessing. God made sky and soil, sea and all the fish in it. He always does what he says. He defends the wronged. He feeds the hungry. God frees prisoners. He gives sight to the blind. He lifts up the fallen. God loves good people, protects strangers, takes the side of orphans and widows, but makes short work of the wicked. God's in charge, always. Zion's God is God for good. Hallelujah. That's the God that we've come to worship today. So I invite you to join us as Pastor said in the worship team comes to lead us in worship. Amen, amen. Wherever you are worshiping with us this weekend, it's time to stand. It's time to raise a hallelujah to God, the one who deserves all of our praise. Come on.
like this. Yes, God. Come on, we're gonna lift your voices to him. Hallelujah. This is a moment to give God thanks and praise for He is so good. In fact, I'm going to invite you to stand wherever you are, and I'm going to lead us in a declaration of worship, and I'm going to have us do a motion to respond to that. And I want you, after each statement I make, to say these words We worship you, O Lord. Let's say that together. We worship you, O Lord. Here we go. Let's raise our hands. Lord, because you're all powerful, we surrender our lives to you. We worship you, O Lord. Now let's touch our heads. Lord, because you know all things, transform our minds, heal us and show us your ways. We worship you, O Lord. Now let's point to our eyes. God, because you see all things and know all things, open our eyes that we can see you and see ourselves and our circumstances the way that you see them. 
We worship you, O Lord. And now let's point to our ears. God, because you're a God who speaks and you long to speak your love and grace and blessings over every person here. Give us ears to hear what you have to say. We worship you, O Lord. Now let's open up our hands in front of us. God, because you are worthy of glory and honor and praise, we surrender our lives to you. Have your way in us. We worship you, O Lord. And God, because you are great and greatly to be praised, we clap our hands in worship. We worship you, O Lord. Let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Well, we might not be able to sing indoors, but we can worship the Lord. And maybe it's not our governor or our state or our local health officials that are telling us not to sing. Maybe it's God wanting us to know that worship is a whole lot more than just singing, amen? Well, I want you to stay standing for one more moment. As you know, over the past couple of weeks, Pastor Ken, Pastor John, Pastor Shelley have been leading us in this great series on the armor of God so that we can be prepared for battle and be victorious. And I wanna make sure this weekend you're ready for battle as well. So I'm gonna make a statement about the armor of God and I want you to repeat it after me. And with each statement, there's a movement. So I'll do the statement and the movement and then you follow Wonderful Jolie and responding afterwards. So here we go. The shield of faith. The shield of faith. And the sword of the spirit. And the sword of the spirit. Share God's love. Share God's love. With the world so they hear it. With the world so they hear it. Put the breastplate on. Put the breastplate on. Stand strong in the spirit. Stand strong in the spirit. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Let's go the other way. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Verse two, beautiful feet. Beautiful feet. Bring peace to the nations. Bring peace to the nations. Cover yourself. Cover yourself. With the helmet of salvation. With the helmet of salvation. And the belt of truth. And the belt of truth. Is our final preparation. our final preparation. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Well, we may not be able to sing inside, but we can do the Macarena. Yeah. All right. Well, today, Pastor Ken starts a new series called Future Shock. What's going to happen at the end of the world? And to tell us some things that's about to happen coming up soon at Cathedral of Faith, here's Jolie. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Pastor, apparently Macarena Master, Wayne. How Fun. And hello, Cathedral fam. It is always great worshiping our God with you. Now, quick fact about the song that our worship team led us in. Raise a Hallelujah was written by a church in which one of their church family members was going through a battle. You see, their young boy was in the hospital fighting for his life. And as the, prayer, the, the church family got together and prayed and believed for a miracle for that little boy, a song arose. I raise a hallelujah. And some of you are going through a battle right now and we wanna encourage you to raise a hallelujah in the presence of your enemy. Now that battle can be as simple as, it's almost Christmas time and I don't know how I'm gonna buy toys for my kids. We're so grateful that here at Cathedral of Faith, God has positioned us for such a time as this to be a part of the solution. So we wanna encourage you to partner with us in that way. Prayerfully consider how you can sow a financial seed or how you can collect toys um, in your community, in your family, or at your workplace. Or maybe you're that family that's in the battle right now. We wanna raise that hallelujah with you, literally. Come on out to our services on campus on the weekends of November 14th and 15th or November 21st and 22nd and register for toys for up to four of your children after service. 
Come on, Cathedral fam. We are better together. And we're going to make sure that this isn't a year where 2020 has the last say or the enemy has the last say. No, this is going to be the year where kids look back at Christmas 2020 and say that was the best Christmas ever. Dr. Wayne? Amen. Thanks so much, Julie. Well, the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4 this powerful passage of Scripture. And he says, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Now in the screen, you see dot, dot, dot. And what that means is he says, whether I have a lot or whether I have a little, I've learned to be content. Whether I'm preaching in prison or whether I'm preaching out in public, I've learned to be content. And I might add, whether I'm worshiping outdoors or indoors at home, I've learned how to be content. And in this moment, he goes on to say, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. God can give you the strength for whatever circumstance you're in in which you need to raise a hallelujah. But this passage of scripture in Philippians 4 is written by Paul to the church of Philippi as a thank you note. And it goes on to say in the next few verses, these words, the gifts you sent are a fragrant offering and an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will meet all of your needs according to his riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Here's what he's saying, because you were so generous in giving, God's gonna meet all your needs. That's not necessarily a promise for all of us. That's a promise to people who are being generous. And you get to worship the Lord in this moment by being generous and bringing your tithes and offerings. Whether you wanna give online, whether you wanna go to our app, whether you wanna drop it in the mail of the church or bring it by during the week, this is a moment where you say, God, I give generously to you, knowing that you will meet all of my needs. And Lord, I pray that over each of our families right now. You know the circumstances they're in. Some are in plenty, some are in want. Some are having great days at work. Some wish they could go to work. But Lord, you know in this moment, each of us, and we raise that hallelujah in worship and we raise that hallelujah in giving in this moment. Receive these gifts and open the door to pour generously and meet all of their needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen, amen and amen. Well, God wants to touch your heart and your spirit. Open yourself up as Robert Butler comes to sing, Feeling Good. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me.
dragonflies out in the sun. You know what I mean, don't you know? Butterflies all having fun. You know what I mean. Oh, sleep in peace when day is done. That's what I mean. In this old world, there's a new world and a bold world for me. A bold new world for me. Time Magazine once ran an article entitled, entitled, Why More Americans Are Talking About the End of the World. And in the article, the author makes an interesting observation. She writes, It's not the end of the world, our mothers always told us. This was helpful for putting spilled milk in perspective. But it was also our introduction to a basic human reference point. We seem to be born with an instinct that the end is out there somewhere. The end is out there somewhere. Now this was written well before 2020 and when this year hit, oh my. I remember when well, I walked outside one day and the skies because of the wildfire over the Bay Area. They were orange and they were dark right in the middle of the day. And people were taking pictures and posting them online with the caption, the apocalypse. Uh, the next thing I was looking for was locusts descending on downtown restaurants and Guadalupe Creek running red. It is after all 2020. Who knows what'll happen? But with all the things that are, well, bouncing around on social media, I thought to myself, maybe we ought to join the conversation and look at what the Bible has to say 
about the end of the world. This topic was so important to the early church that when the early church fathers were looking to create a document that would contain the essential teaching of Christianity, the end of the world was a part of it. And the Apostles' Creed, this is what we read. That Jesus ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. Now, if it was so meaningful and relevant that they would put it into the creed of the early church, then it has to be meaningful and relevant for us today. And so this month, I want to look at three of the core experiences that we are headed to in the future. The first is the return of the king. The second is the judgment day. And the third is the new creation. And my guess is if you look into the future, if you look into our future, well, you may be shocked for good or for bad. You may be shocked. I found this one meme and there's a little girl and it says future shock. Why, it's not always a good idea to see what you will look like in the future. But in this case, it's important to see where we're headed because the ultimate hope that we have for our future, it shapes everything about the way that we live in the present. When we know where we're headed, well, it provides a steadiness in the midst of all of the ups and downs in life. I can remember one weekend, the Raiders had an early game that Sunday, and so I taped it because I was going to watch it after church. And on my way home, somehow I ended up finding out what the final score was. And I still wanted to watch the game, so I sat down and watched the game, and boy, the game went back and forth, and there were all kinds of ups and downs all kinds of mistakes that the Raiders made. But do you know what? I was not stressed out at all watching that game because I knew in the end the Raiders would win. When you have this ultimate hope, it anchors your soul. In the midst of all of these up and downs, we know where history is headed. So let's start today by looking at the return of the king. In one of the last sermons that Jesus preached, he tells us that that instinct that we're born with, that instinct is correct. That the end is out there somewhere. And he describes the end of the world this way in Matthew 24. He says, the sun will become dark. The moon will not give light. The stars will fall from the sky. Everything in the sky will be changed. Then there will be something in the sky that shows that the son of man is coming. All the people of the world will cry. Everyone will see the son of man coming on the clouds in the sky. He will come with power and with great glory. He will use a loud trumpet to send his angels all around the earth. 
they will gather his chosen people from every part of the earth. This is where history is headed. At the end of the world, Jesus will return. We can be confident he will return because when Jesus makes a promise, he always keeps it. Jesus promised that he would return, that he would come back from the dead. And that's what he did. When Jesus makes a promise, he keeps his promise. Jesus said he would return by sending us his spirit. And that's what happened. Because when he makes a promise, he keeps his promise. And Jesus promises us that one day he will return to wrap up history as we know it. This has been the hope, the blessed hope of the church since the very beginning. When you flip through the pages of the New Testament, it's everywhere. In the middle of the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes about that day this way. He says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with a voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, we will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And watch this. And so we will always be with the Lord. Oh, how we are looking forward to that day. And then at the end of the New Testament, we find it again in the book of Revelation. In fact, the word revelation comes from the word apocalypse. Apocalypse means the revelation, and this will be the revelation of all revelations. The apostle John describes it, then I saw heaven open and below, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe, dipped with blood, and the name by which he is called is the word of God. And the armies of heaven arraigned in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword which, with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This, my friend, is where history is headed. We are headed to the return of the King. Now think with me about this idea of delays, that delays are not denials. When I was a kid, there was a ketchup commercial. And, well, you had to wait for the ketchup, but it was worth the wait. Does anyone remember this? Boys, your ketchup's slow. You mean your mom doesn't buy you Heinz? No, why should she? Wait till you taste it. Anticipation. 
anticipation. I read about an explorer, an Arctic explorer by the name of Shackleton that he once was on an expedition and he had to leave some of his team and he was going to return back to them, but he was delayed because of some ice. And so when he finally was able to get back to his team, well, he found that they were all packed and ready to board the ship. And they told him that they weren't sure when he would be able to come back, but they knew he would. And so every day their team leader would say, hey boys, pack up your gear and get ready because the boss could come back today. The boss could come back today. And this is what we're waiting for. We don't know the day or the hour, but there's a sense of anticipation, expectation that this could be the day. Jesus once said, no one knows when that day and hour will be, not the angels of heaven, not even the son, but only the father. And so we wait with anticipation. We don't know when that day will come, but we know that it will come. In this way, it's like a student who knows there's going to be a pop quiz or an athlete who knows there's going to be a random drug test or an employee who knows that there's going to be a surprise inspection. You're not sure when, but you know it's coming. And so we live with a sense of anticipation and expectation. We get up every day and say, you know, get ready, boys. The boss may come back today. Some may say, well, I don't know, Ken. It's been 2,000 years. 2,000 years is a long time. Are you sure this is really going to happen? Oh, what I would say is that God has a different take on time than we do. And delays are not denials. I heard about a man who was uh, having a conversation with God and he, he, he said, God, how much is a million years to you? And God said, a million years is like a second. And then he said, God, how much is a million dollars to you? And God said, well, a million dollars is like a penny. And so the man asked God, God, can I have a penny? And God said, you can have a penny in just a second. See, God's way of looking at time is is different than the way we look at it. And 2,000 years may seem like a long time, but God is not slow in keeping his promise. In fact, it's because he loves us and cares about us. And he wants everyone to be ready for that day. Second Peter puts it this way. The Lord is not being slow in doing what he promised, the way some people understand slowness. But God is being patient with you. He doesn't want anyone to be lost. It's the patience of God who is reaching out to all of us because he wants us to be ready for that day. You know, there's this whole principle of participation that, well, it's so important for every arena of of life. I mean, Jesus once said this, 
He said, always be ready. Always be ready. Because you do not know the day or the time when the Son of Man will come. Always be ready. Have you thought about how important it is to be ready? Just in general in life. I have this one dream that I've had it several times over the course of my life. In fact, it's funny, I just had it a couple weeks ago. And in the dream, I find myself at church. And for some reason, I didn't know I was supposed to speak that weekend. And I am so stressed out. And when I wake up, man, I'm sweating bullets and my heart is pounding because it's a scary thing not to be prepared, not to be ready. Have you ever had a dream like that? See, the importance of being ready, I mean, it's a key to success in life. I read about this one baseball coach who he was talking with one of his players and the player said, we're going to win because of our, well, we have the will to win. And the coach told him, he said, no, don't fool yourself. The will to win is important, but it's not worth a nickel if you also don't have the will to prepare. And I think that coach is right. One of the keys to being successful, to being a high achiever is being prepared whether it's a student who prepares for a a test or the musician who prepares for a concert or the man or woman who prepares for the day by beginning in prayer. See, being prepared is a key. If you want to be a high achiever, then you have to be prepared. You've got to be ready. It's also a key to experiencing growth in life. I, I, have a picture up here of of my daughter's uh, pumpkin patch. And as you can see, it didn't turn out very well. She gave me permission to use this picture. What happened is she planted seed. It was good seed that she planted, but the soil was bad. And if the soil is bad, it doesn't matter how good the seed is. The soil has to be prepared. It has to be ready in order to experience growth. And that's true in general. I mean, the teaching can be good, but if the student isn't ready to receive, no growth will happen. The counseling may be good, but if the counselee isn't ready to receive, then no growth will happen. For your relationship with God to grow, boy, it requires Well, us to be in a position to receive, to have an open mind, an open heart. You know, a humble heart that is hungry and ready to respond. This is what it takes for a relationship with God to grow. The soil in our hearts has to be prepared. So this principle of being ready, it's it's so important in so much of life. In fact, there's a commercial that, that FEMA runs even now that talks about the importance of being prepared. So who's gonna do what? I'll pack the dead batteries. Great. I'll only put what I don't need into a duffel bag. Perfect, that's totally unhelpful. No problem. Meanwhile, I will try to comfort everyone by speaking in a calm voice. And who is going to handle supplies? I can forget to do a list for us. 
Thanks, pal. We couldn't be any less prepared. I'm proud of you guys. Winging, winging it is not being prepared. Well, the importance of preparation, it's true in, in so many ways in life. But the most important thing to be ready for is the return of Jesus Christ. Because ready or not, he will come. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we read this. The day of the Lord comes, the day the Lord comes again will be a surprise. Like a thief that comes in the night. So in a sense, it will be a, a shock to all of us. And the key is, will we be prepared? Will we be ready? How do you get ready? I once saw this, the bumper of a car. It had two stickers on it. On one side, there was a sticker that said, Jesus is coming. And on the other side, there was this, a sticker that said, escape to Wisconsin. Do you really think that's the best way to get ready for the second return of Jesus? If you want to be ready for this day, the best thing you could do is to become a follower of Jesus, to develop your relationship with Jesus, to live the way he's called you to live, to love the way he's called you to love, to discover the gifts he's given to you, to develop those gifts, and then deploy those gifts in such a way that it brings honor and glory to him. To find and fulfill the dream that God has for your life, and then to help other people do the same. This is how you get ready. In fact, 1 John chapter 2 reads, live deeply in Christ, then we'll be ready for, when, for him when he appears, ready to receive him with open arms, with no cause for red-faced guilt or lame excuses when he arrives. Do you need to get ready? Are you ready? There was a great spiritual leader by the name of John Wesley. He was the founder of the Methodist Church. And a friend of him, uh, of his, once asked him, he said, if you knew for a fact that Jesus was going to come back tomorrow, how would you spend your energy? What would you do with your time? And John Wesley looked at him and said, I continue doing what I'm doing right now. No need to panic. No need to change just busy about the Father's business, seeing a little more heaven come to earth. This is how you're ready. Do you need to get ready? Well, when Jesus returns, wow, how different it will be than the first time he came. The first time he came, they took him and they mocked him and they spit in his face and they put a crown of thorns on his head and they beat up his back and then put him on a cross and nailed his feet and hands to that cross. But the second time he comes, we read about it a moment ago, well, that his eyes will be like blazing fire, that he'll be wearing many crowns on his head, that a sword will come out of his mouth 
and it'll be written on his robe. He is the King of Kings and he is the Lord of Lords. There will be no denying him on that day. And in that day, Jesus will bring an end to the present world and only he has the power to do that. That's so important for us to remember, especially in this day, that only Jesus has the power to bring an end to the world. No pandemic has the power to bring an end to the world. No alien invasion has the power to bring an end to the world. No meteor has the power to bring an end to the world. No election, hello. No election has the power to bring an end to the world. Ken, if my guy doesn't win, it's gonna be the end of the world. Oh, we may be disappointed, but remember, the world is still in the hands of God. And only Jesus has the power to bring an end to the present world. And if you're ready when he returns, oh my. Jesus paints this kind of picture that when he returns, if we're ready, Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, he himself will seat them, put on an apron and serve them as they sit and they eat. Special favor. For those who are ready when Jesus returns, that Jesus will serve them. Are you kidding me? And that we will eat and drink at his table. And that's what we've come to do right now. As we prepare to come to the table, Jesus invites us to this table. We don't force our way in. Jesus, it's his invitation. But if you're not ready, I'm gonna invite you to, to pray this prayer with me. Maybe you've never begun a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. This can be your moment. This is a future that will anchor your soul. I invite you to pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I love you and I put my trust in you. I receive you as my savior and I put you in charge of my life. And I look forward to that day where I will see you face to face. Thank you for loving me like you do and making me a part of your family. If you said yes to Jesus, he invites you to the table in anticipation of that great day, we eat in this day. We take the bread and we break it. This is his body that was broken for us. We take his blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. He gave his life so that we can have life. And we eat and we drink, looking forward to that day when the Lord will come again. I hope your hope, I hope your heart has been encouraged today. And our team now is coming to 
sing a blessing over you. you and a thousand upon thousands of generations. May his favor be before you and 
and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside Thanks again for worshiping with us today. You know, if you need prayer, please contact us uh, on our website through social media. We'd love to pray with you and for you. And don't forget, right after this, the, the wrap happens. And it's a great way to take the message and go a little deeper. And I pray that every day this week, the return of Jesus Christ will anchor your soul and give you strength. Because who knows? This could be the day.
They just sang a blessing. I want to speak it over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. How's it? Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey. Come Welcome on in. in. This is The Wrap. It's Romel, Jolie, Pastor Kent, Megan, and Pastor Cedric. Look, it's not the end of the world, and it's not the end of our time either. In fact, it's just the beginning of it as we go deeper together in future shock. And man, just jumping right in, guys, Pastor Cedric, like what, what, what shocked you today about the future? I think it's super timely that Pastor Ken chose to um, use this season to, to bring in this, this message because um, he, he shared the scripture about, uh, about how no one knows when the end will be coming. You know, throughout history, each generation has thought that their generation is going to be the last generation. And, um, you know, 20 years ago, Y2K, we thought that was the end, you know, this year, 2020, hey, a lot of people are, think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the end, you know, but there's only one truth and we, that, that, that we know that, that no matter what, each and, and every day we're getting closer and closer to the end. So it's important for us to be ready and prepared. I love that, Pastor Edric, because, you know, that idea of, of the end, right, that it's that pastors talked about it being this this overriding thought process you know in our lives and it's a question that we're asking more and more mm. um, that perspective that people always ask uh, in our own lives are you preparing to die with your life or are you are you preparing to live um, your lives right pastor I mean I, I like the way he approached the, the whole sermon you know usually when we talk about the end times it revolves around fear um, I would go back back in 1989 when uh, the dinosaurs roamed the earth 89 um, right <laughs> yeah he was talking about y2k so 89, I was in um, sixth grade, so I was 12 years old, and there was a, a solar eclipse that happened that day, and I, uh, I, I was in fear, because mm. everybody's talking about the end of the world, and, and like, looking back, you know, like, that's all I felt when I was um, at that age, when, when the world is talking about the end of the world, when in, in reality, you know, the way uh, Pastor Ken preached the sermon, it's about, it's really about hope, it's right. not about the fear that we have, what's right. going to happen, it's about who's coming. Yeah. yeah, that's right. The anticipation, not of, of something to be fearful about and afraid of, but the anticipation of, of the excitement and, and the, the, the promise uh, that Jesus is coming back. Right? When Jesus, Pastor Ken puts it this way, when Jesus makes a promise, he keeps his promises. Right? Amen. And of course, my, my mind went to fear. Like, what am I doing to prepare? Am I doing enough? Am I doing not enough? Like, what, what on my list can I check off more? I need to get more prepared. But the way Pastor Ken said that just keep doing what you're doing to be prepared for the end, that was like, whoa, I am already doing enough. I am, I am speaking the word of the Lord. I am praising his name in everything I do. That is enough for the end. So just for Pastor Ken to center me in God's word and, and my hope that I am doing enough right now by doing what I do every day, that was huge for me. Right. Yeah. Hope and preparation, that's so good. You know, one of the things that he said was that um, hope for the future is what affects how you live today. And I thought about how you are now a grandpa. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Shout Grandson out to Declan, Declan. He's a beautiful Covington. baby boy. Yes. And of course, when a baby comes along, most of your parents, um, you, there's all kinds of preparation that's involved, right? There's a gender reveal party. 
there's a baby shower, there's baby proofing the house, mm -hmm. all this preparation that goes into it. And it makes me think like, if we do that much preparation for a baby, which mm -hmm. is important and it's beautiful, what are we really doing to prepare for the return of the king? Mm, that's right. The return of the king, this, this promise, it, it centers us, right? No matter what's going on around us, there's this, this, this comfort and just confidence that we can keep moving. And there's a lot of questions that, that, that we're faced with, especially this time, all the stuff that's going on in 2020. Um, and for, for us to continue to move um, with this notion that we can keep moving forward, we're not moving backwards, right? There's this promise of us moving forward um, is a great way for us to keep living our lives, especially now. Yeah, I think um, the, the church has the responsibility to change the narrative when it comes to this kind of topic. Right. You know, it's like the world can talk about it as, as something that we should be fearful about. Mm -hmm. But since we know and we belong to the king, you know, we, we should be the ones leading the way into in, in having this kind of conversation that, hey, it's really not about what's going to happen. It's about who's going to return. So I think that's what we need to focus on, especially for believers, that we should always look, look, look up to the king and not to what's going to happen because that's what we always uh, think about. And, you know, when you, when you open the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 1, is, says revelation of Jesus Christ. So it's about Jesus Christ. It's not really about what's going on. Right, right. I like that you said that the church has the power to change the narrative. Right. And, you know, one of the things that Pastor Ken said is that you, it's not enough to just have the will to win, yeah. but that you have to be prepared. And so part of changing the narrative is participating in that process. And so many of us, myself included, uh, you get so comfortable with attending service every Sunday or Wednesday when we had midweek, tuning into Bible studies, and you do your part just to um, receive the word, but right. what are you doing to take that extra step to participate in the faith and encourage those in your sphere of influence, not just yourself to prepare for the return of the king, but everyone else that you know. That's right. Yeah. But I also think Pastor Ken really helps with um, the way I see it is when I come to church, I take in his word and I take in his message and then I put it into my purpose, my practice, my everyday. Uh, if it came to baking a cake, if it came to singing, if it came to doing something in the office, that is my purpose. So I take Pastor Ken's message and I put it to everyday practice and all these little things I do every day so that I'm prepared for the end. And I just love how Pastor Ken makes it so clear to us that it's not these huge things we do. Like it doesn't have to be like saving a whole park or like feeding a thousand people in one weekend. It's just the everyday practices we do to make sure that we have God in our heart. We have the hope in our heart and that's how we proceed. Pastor said, I, you know, shout out to Lauren. I love her pumpkin patch, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the image of her pumpkin patch, beautiful. But the idea there was that we need to be ready, right? We can do all these things, um, but if, if we're not ready, if the soil's not ready mm. to receive, then no growth yeah. can happen. And what, what, are, what are ways, you guys, that we can, we can make sure that, you know, we're ready as good soil to make sure that everything that we're putting into our lives is, is going gonna, is gonna, to uh, result in, you know, growth mm -hmm. uh, in, in our lives, personally, spiritually, in all aspects of our lives. I think for me, that's that's about living, knowing that everything current is only temporary. Wow. That we don't take what, what, what we experience here in this life 
to 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 the next life, and, and we got to prepare in, in, in a way that that that, that is eternal, right. and that's everlasting. You know, in our, in our relationships, in our daily lives, and everything that we do. Right. It's easy to take the, these current affairs and like like incorporate it in mm-hmm. our soil. Yeah. Right, and it kind of it turns our soil bad. We're inherently good soil, but what are these things that can like, you know, put our put our put our soil in a place where it's yeah. you know it's no longer that? Yeah. Anybody else? Well, I think of how like you know, when we get ready for things in general, like getting ready to come here today, <laughs> you take a shower, right? You clean up, and very simply put, people need to act right and clean up, just like <laughs> you would when you're gonna go somewhere, right? If, you, right. if my people who know me by my name would turn from their wicked ways, mm. that's what we got to do. Clean up. That's right. Yeah. And think, also, like, thinking about the promise. It's not just about, right. you know, anything else. But, you know, Pastor Shreddick said something about um, the long lines of, you know, this is temporary. You know, Jesus Christ, was, you know, he promised that um, there's enough room in the Father's house, right? right? And I will prepare a place for you, like... Whatever we hold on to this world, like however we see the world that's beautiful, some people like the hills, some people like the beaches, some people like, you know, stuff that are around us. But imagine the, the, the creator of all those things that we perceive beautiful prepares, personally preparing a room for you, yeah. right? So I, I think if you think in that perspective that whatever we deem that beautiful in this world, it'll be much better there because... The Father Himself, the, the Creator of everything, is preparing personally preparing a room for us. Right. That's so. and that's the core of the gospel, right? Is that we're sharing and getting people to believe um, in who Jesus is and who God is for our lives. And one of the other ways that Pastor Ken brought up that I really latched onto was this idea that you you just find and you fulfill your God-given purpose, yeah. that which He's given only you to do, and then you help others to do the same. And that in and of itself, right, gets you, gets you ready. Make sure um, you're ready. And, man, would love uh, for us to find uh, some truth and comfort and readiness in the Word of God. Mm. So this week's verse is Matthew 25, 13. It says, therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day nor the hour. So Cathedral family, we love you and we thank you for all that you're continuing to do and not just continue to do, but continue to believe um, that he's going to do for you, not just as an individual, but collectively together as a church. And I pray as you continue to go deeper, just the way we have been already, that you continue to remember that only Jesus has the power to bring an end to this world. And no matter what's going on in this world, around us, in your world right now, that it's Jesus who always will be, then, now, and forever, will have the world in his hands. So continue to move in confidence, continue to move in faith, that Jesus will keep his promises. In your name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Hey, we love you, Cathedral. God bless you. And as always, that's a wrap.